I don't think anything else in the world. I can't remember anything being serious enough for me to cry about other than my children. And whatever else happened in my life, it was like, well. oh well. But it didn't take nothing for me to cheer up when it came to you guys. You guys were not judgmental. You didn't need to know why things were a certain way. As long as daddy loved you and I would go to hell to bat or anything else for you guys. Um, if you really want to get me cranked up for real, mess with my children. But I've had a good life, baby. Uh, not an easy life, but things that I took pleasure from, most pleasure from, were from my children. Well, not many men has been afforded that. All right, welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Real Dads at Work podcast. This week, this episode, I'm going to interview my brother from another, my counterpart, other half of the D&D Project podcast. My man, since fifth grade, dad, uh, role model, big brother, probably like circuit guy to um, other little kids out there. My man, Darnell Wright. Round of applause for Darnell Wright. Even my brother, what's happening with you, guy? Um, yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I appreciate this kind of show, man. I appreciate uh, you putting together this kind of show uh, because we all know Father's Day is coming up and mothers always get all the good stuff. Fathers, man, you know, no, no, you know, not hating on the mothers. You know, mothers are always there, but God, damn, fathers, boy. Like, who said it? I think Chris Rock said it. They got one song. They got you know, mother, 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 dear mama, everything. But father was a, Papa was a Rolling Stone. That's all they got for that. They ain't got <laughs> nothing else. Just oh man. So I appreciate this kind of show for the dads. You now, definitely, definitely, man. It's definitely it's my goal to um, highlight the work that we do, highlight that, highlight and change the narrative that we are productive and positive um, individuals in kids' lives. That we are here, man. Like there's, there's never anything that really highlights us. There's never thing, anything there that that shines the light on us being there outside of paying the bills and protecting the house. Outside of that, there's nothing ever there that you can say, hey, you know what? That's a, that's for dads. That's for yeah. them. Moms, they have a lot, man, and they do a lot. They deserve a lot. However, and we out here in these streets and we doing great work and we need some place to shine. We need some place to bounce ideas off. We need some place to share stories with. We need some place to where you can go and listen like, Oh yeah, that's how you do that. Oh yeah. Well maybe I should have did that. That'd have been better if I would did it that way. And I'm glad I was able to listen to another dad who was able to inform me and advise me on the best way to do what I need to do. So that's the whole purpose of this uh, show, this podcast. That's my goal. My long-term goal here. Well, you're doing a great job, man. I can't. I'm not lying. No lie. Once I heard the idea, I said, "And that's a great idea." And I appreciate, I appreciate the platform uh, that you put forward for dads. Again, no disrespect to the mom, because you know 
mothers, you know, they always say, you know, I, I, no disrespect to the moms. Y'all do a hell of a job. We all know everything that you guys do, and that goes for all over the world. But, but you, man, you uh, you could be sitting out there, and, and this is just an example. You could be sitting out there with your kid all day. You don't want to take them to practice. You take them since a toddler. He goes through Pee Wee League, and then he goes to like junior high school. He goes to and he goes to high school football. He goes to college football. You there, all of them. Mom's at home. You know, she's holding down the household, making sure she gets dinner ready and stuff like that. You know, maybe she comes to the game once in a while, but you there all the time. Take him to practice. He gets to the NFL. He goes to the NFL. He does makes the winning touchdown. They say, do you want to do anything? Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. I, I want to thank my mom and God. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're like, Yo, I'm the one that took you to practice everything. What happened to me? You know, so again. No disrespect to the moms. But I appreciate platforms like this. So keep doing your thing, brother. Yes, 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 man. Appreciate it. So let's jump right into it. Um, so you have one daughter. How old is your daughter again? My daughter's 12. She'll be 13 next year. The, the scary teenager. Scary teenagers is upon you, my brother. They're upon you. And <laughs> from experience, they are just a tad bit different than anything else. <laughs> so prior to you having your daughter, what was your view on fatherhood or becoming a father? Were you one who always had the aspirations or the idea of being a dad or were you somebody who was just like, Hey, if it happened, it happened. If it don't, it don't. I think I was in between both of those two things that you just experienced that you just said. Uh, I think I was in between. It was more of like, if it happens, it happens. But I was never in the, I was never in a, the, the kind of relationship that was pursuing kids. So, I mean, obvious, uh, not obvious, but I did want, I did want kids. Uh, you know, you always like, oh, I just want somebody to carry the legacy. I just want somebody, you know, I just want some, you know, somebody that could, a little me, right? And then, uh, but when you don't have prospects or whatever the situation, if you're not in a long-term relationship or if you're not in the, the, the way you're getting married and stuff like that, you're just like, when it happens, it happens. So you, I was just pretty much in the middle of uh, those two, um, those two sediments. Okay. So what was your experience as a um as a uh, father figure or somebody in your life that kind of like paved the way or set the or set the uh the groundwork to what a dad should be like? Definitely my step my stepfather, I mean in my family, my family and my stepfather were were great uh, role models as far as seeing what men should be to their to their kids, to kids, and just even their their nephew, their nephews, uh, nieces. It doesn't really matter. Just they pretty much showed me like my uncles um, and my stepfather, especially my stepfather, having a lot of conversations with him. And you know, when you're talking to your when you're talking to your stepfather, or your dad, or whatever the situation is, when you're talking to them at the time, and at least for me, like I would take all the conversations, I would be listening, I would listen, I would listen, I would take all these ideas, and I'd be like, "Man, I, I what? Like, I don't. I, I at the time, I wasn't taking the conversations as like after my stepfather passed. Like when I when my stepfather passed, I was like, "Damn, all those conversations now are making sense." And it could be about anything. It could be about buying a car. It could be about um, just being careful in the streets and all that stuff. Just when he would sit me down and talk and we would have some, my, my stepfather Donald would have long conversations. I'm talking about, I'd go in the room, ask him about cereal. 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden we talking about uh, World War Two. Like I, I don't know how we got to World War Two, but two hours later we talking about World War Two, and I just asked him, uh, "Did he see the Syria. <laughs> Yeah, I don't forgot what I came in there. I'm still starving, and then two hours later, I you know I still don't know what the Lucky Charms are. But <laughs> you start to appreciate those kind of conversations, you know, later on in life when you become an adult because you're like, oh, he was they, you know, they actually really teaching me stuff. But at the time, mm. being a knucklehead kid. You're just listening to the conversation. You're taking in the information, but you're not appreciating it. And maybe it over. Yeah, you're not even applying it. You know, I would say, you know, seventy five percent of the time, you twenty five percent of the time you apply it, but seventy five percent of the time you just do your thing. You're like, I'm trying to live my life. Mm. And then when you get older, you appreciate the conversations uh, because you're becoming an adult, and now you having these conversations with your kid. And they're like, I just asked this motherfucker where the Lucky Charms is, and you over here giving. You know about you know the stories about Iraq. Whole lecture and talking about <laughs> yeah. uh, tax brackets, and he's like, "How do we get here?" Yeah, exactly. So you're doing the same thing that uh, our parents did to us. Uh, but my stepfather, I would say, was a big uh, role model in my life to show me how to have a good upbringing with my daughter, and uh, as well as my uncles. And and, and I, I will also go with you guys, like my friends, like. You don't really have to be, it don't have to be elders to teach you how to be a good, to teach you, to try to teach your, uh, your siblings, I mean, not your siblings, but your children how to be good adults or be good kids or whatever the situation people, is. Yeah. I remember we were there, you know, yeah. and I think that me and you, uh, Lee and Chris, I would take things that we did together and apply it to how I talk to my daughter and things like that. So. But, you know, it, it could be anybody. Yeah, got you. Which is the truth, Adam, because, you know, um, it'll be a lot of things that go on that as you become a parent, you can now relate and see, navigate where you where you should go, how you should go, what worked when you were a kid, what didn't work when you were a kid. And mm-hmm. you apply all that stuff to life and to how you deal with your children. Yeah. So with your daughter, were you were you there when she was born? Were you in the room? I was not. You know what's wild about that story? This is a crazy story because when my daughter was born, um, it wasn't the date. Like, it was like a whole week and a half before she was supposed to uh, uh, be born. And um, me and my daughter's mother at the time, we were talking, and she was like, I was like, I got to go to Vegas. I got to go to Vegas. Uh, I had a business trip, so I'm like, let me go to Vegas. I got to go to Vegas. And she was like, but I was like, I don't think I should go to Vegas because, you know, it's one of those she's supposed to be here in 10 days. So should I go? And she was like, 10 days, man, get your ass up out of here. You're going to be back way to selling time. You know, these things, she probably could be born. You know, she was like, you don't never know. It could be 10 days after the due date. Like that. So I was like, a little shaky on this. I swear to you, I I swear to God, I landed in Vegas, went to sleep, woke up six o'clock in the morning, which was nine o'clock in the morning here and all of a sudden Chloe was born. I said, what the fuck? I literally I just I just said just that. Left. I was like I was like, I could you know, I could jump on the next flight back. But she was like, what's the point? She's already here. So you might as well stay for the next two days and then just, just you know, fly back here. to Yeah, yeah I come back to come to she's like she's here. I can't reenact it. I can't push her back in <laughs> and then kick her out again and be like, yo, I, you know, you missed it but yeah, it's definitely a regret, and you never know. That's how life is. You know, you're like, oh, I've got to do this business thing, and then all of a sudden, 
that happened. So it's definitely a regret because, um, you know, you want to be there for the, your child's birth um, because you'll never be able to chance to see it unless it's like on video or something like that. Um, but I, I guess that's why I push so hard to spend time with her and hang out with her and joke with her and stuff like that. Not because I was like, you know, I wasn't there and I was naked. <laughs> trying not to because- make up for that one little <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, it's not because of that. It's just more because I know that 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 moment showed me that life is precious, and at the end of the at the end of the day, you never know what moments that your your daughter or son is going to go through. So you mm. try to spend as much time with them because once they're a kid and once they turn teenager, and then they turn adult, then it's over. You know, it's just like they're doing their own thing, yeah. and you're pretty much second thought. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it, it pretty much because you know they start their own life. Yeah, and, and it's just evolution. This is evolution. That was going to be my next question to you. How did you feel about missing that? Was it regret? Was it like, oh man, and you just now it's you thought now it's just time to move forward? Uh, it was definitely it was definitely regret. Like at the time, I was just like, man, it, I was just sitting in on. I remember sitting on the edge of my bed, just like, oh, that that that's terrible. Like I'm never going to be able to get that back. Um. But a lot of talking to my daughter's mother and, and just her, like, being like, you know, we neither one of us knew, you know, and obviously there's nothing we can do. You just have to try to live live for the next day. You can't just try to go back and be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be sad the rest of my life because I missed this. Because then you miss the days that she's here. You miss those days. You know, mm-hmm. if you if I spent my, she, you know, she was telling me, if you spend your time soaking and all the stuff that, you know, you, you may miss, like if she goes to a recital or, or whatever, it doesn't really matter. If you spend your time downing yourself on the times that you miss, then you're going to miss other things because you're going to be uh, just being so down and, oh, I need, oh, woe is me and all this other stuff like that. And you wind up missing other big days in her life because she's going to have plenty. You know, I had to look at that. Um, yeah. But it doesn't, I mean, obviously, it's something that I will never, ever forget. Um, but I try to make sure that I, I spend as much time and do whatever I got to do to make her life way easier than what mine was. So then, you know, that's obviously a parent's job. Yeah. That's, um, I think that's the, one of the biggest things is trying to, and it's not necessarily, uh, material wise, giving them what you didn't have, but just giving them, whether it be the love pieces, whether it be the informational pieces, whether it be the um, tutorial pieces, providing them with things that you didn't receive when you were a child that you knew you wanted or you knew as you grew up, you knew you missed out on. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, it's wild. I have this conversation a lot today, and not, not obviously not with, a, not with a child, but I would have it maybe with you or, or with my fiance or whatever like that. I might have a conversation like, the world has changed. You know what I'm saying? Like our parents didn't have internet and stuff like that to maybe explore in things that they, that we might have, we maybe uh, should have known. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think obviously all of our parents did the best they could with the, with the tools that they had. And today it's a little bit easier for me, you, even, and everybody below us because there's internet there's all the social media, there's stuff that you can reach out and touch other people. You can start your own fucking business from your fucking bedroom, from a fucking closet. You can start up a, a whole business. You know what I'm saying? You don't even need to work a nine to five. There's kids out here that will never work a nine to five because they're influencers or whatever the fuck you want to call that shit. <laughs> Just motherfuckers that be online 
will fucking show an, uh, an anklet. And that's what they get, 20 grand to show an anklet all day long. You know, there's, there's different ways to make in, to make income and do other things. Like, I learned to cook from the internet. I literally learned how to cook from the internet. My mom might have taught me one or two things, but I literally learned from the internet, you know? Yeah. So I say all that to say that we, we're able to push our kids even further with the, with the wealth of knowledge that we're able to get. Uh, maybe, and, and I know all of our parents tried to do the best they could, but we are, we're able to push our kids even further than what our parents pushed us. And I'm not saying everybody listening to this is a failure or anything like that, and you probably could have did better. I'm just saying that the, the wealth Times of knowledge that yeah. we are. Yeah, we the are. The availability we are. of knowledge is different. So overall, your ability to um to do absolutely anything is going to be much greater. Correct. Because that's just the way it folds. So, so um, at the start of your daughter's life, you were living, you were still living in New York as before yeah. you moved down here to Georgia. During those years, what was that like for you to not have the uh, the tangible grooming and the tangible raising of her? So it's always tough because you're not there twenty four seven. You're not. You're in totally different states, and you know. And sometimes that is that. Unfor- that's the unfortunate part of life. Like um, I never like I lived in Georgia for a little while, and then I moved back home. I moved back to New York. So, but my daughter is just for people that didn't don't, don't know. My daughter was born and raised in Georgia, so we had like a I guess what you would call a long distance relationship type thing. So it's just mm-hmm. more of a thank God for like FaceTime, thank God for you know just being kept up with what's going on at her school, speaking to teachers and stuff like that. But I'm doing it from far away. I'm not at the teachers' meeting. I might be on the phone with the teacher, being like, "What's going on with my child?" Yeah, and stuff like that. So, flying her up to New York, uh, occasionally trying to get her up there as much as I possibly can, you know. And and even that's tough because if anybody that doesn't live in the same state as their child, kids have, we have work and kids have school. Mm-hmm. So you just can't be like, hey, I need you to come up here on a Friday night and leave Sunday. You know, it doesn't really work like that because kids have to be home to maybe do schoolwork and stuff like that. And they, the only time they can basically do these travel things is when they have like a week off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went through a whole lot of that stuff and it gets depressing sometimes because you're like, yo, I just, I just want to, I just want to be around my child today or whatever like that. It does. You just can't. Yeah. So, uh, it's an adjustment. Definitely was an adjustment the entire time. Um, Thank God uh, I was able to make a change and things. I mean, thank God life has changed. So it, it was able for me to make a change. Um, but yeah, it was definitely the, the first couple of years of her life was definitely not easy because I was not readily in her face. You know, I might've been on the phone with her almost every day, but I was not in her face. So it was almost like I was like, it was like I was in jail. I mean, it was pretty much the same same thing. She could have been like, "Did did, did dad do something?" Because he's talking about he's, he's away. Uh, he's away. Where's he away at? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is he? Where is he? Is he in Rikers? Is that why he's not down there? What the hell's going on? <laughs> he's stupid. Did that? Um, did that make you feel like less of a parent, or did it affect you to where you felt like 
you had to do more maybe financially or maybe like to make up for not physically being there where you felt like you had to, oh, well, I got to buy this and I got to get this and I got to do that in order to make up for me not being there? Yeah. And, and you be, and you start to, if, uh, and I'm pretty sure other parents that don't live in the same state as their kids, um, they start to get that kind of like a syndrome. They'd be like, well, I can't be there. So how about this, uh, how about this brand new car? Uh, <laughs> I know you're seven, but you'll grow into it. And how about that? You know, you start to do stuff like that and you have to, you have to temper that stuff because then your kids, your kids, just think you're a financial person like they just start to look at you as like oh that's the that's the money person i just go to them for money and everything else that is life supposed to be stuffed and i just go to the other parent you understand so if you live in a different state than your kids it's it's okay to to you know be the financial person if you want to buy them stuff and treat them to stuff but you i i tried to temp, uh, temper that because i didn't want it to be excessive i didn't want her to look at me as well, I, the only thing I know this guy as is the person that speaks to me when I'm not doing good in school. And mm-hmm. when I need something, no matter what it is, I don't care how expensive it is. I can ask for an 18 karat gold necklace or whatever the hell it is. It doesn't really matter. He's going to get it because he's not down here. And I didn't want that to be the situation. I wanted her to be like, well, that's my dad. He just doesn't live in the same state. And they're kids, so I don't expect I was never expecting her to um, understand or compartmentalize to be like, oh, well, you know, uh, the reason he doesn't live down here is just because he doesn't live in the same state or whatever like that. I just wanted her to be like, that's my dad. If I have a question, if I have, if I need something or whatever like that, I call him, you know, and, and, you know, I can call him just like I, I would speak to my mom, even though my mom's here and he's not. Gotcha. So, since to let's break I'm gonna break this down to um two part question. Yeah. Since becoming a dad, what has been your greatest joy prior to you living in the same state with her? And what has been your greatest joy since you've been living in the same state as her? I think the greatest joy uh prior to living in the state was the relationship that me and my daughter did have, uh, even though I did not live in the state. Um I am one of those silly, obsessive, crazy dads. Um, so Chloe, like when I speak to Chloe, uh, I will say like there's certain things that I could say to Chloe and she knows how to finish the sentence. It, it, it's just, a, you know, the same thing. I'm pretty sure everybody mm-hmm. has with their kids. Just silly things that you say to them. You might say to that, if you have two or three or even four child, children, you might say one thing to one child and they already know, like, just to give y'all, uh, just to, just to give y'all something like, before I even lived in the state, I, no matter how many times I've been calling my daughter this, I, I when I my daughter phone rings, I say the same thing every single time. Is this my beautiful daughter? And she'll be like, sure is. So she already knows before she even she doesn't even if she didn't look at, to see if it was me, she picks up the phone. She already knows by my voice. That's the first thing I say. And then I always say well, before we get off the phone, I say. You know, your dad will do anything for you. She says, yes. I say, I can get you everything in this world except, and she'll say, a plane. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just certain things. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can get you anything in this world, babe, but I can't get you no goddamn plane. And then she'll be like, she already knows that. So it's just, just having that relationship, just being silly with her. Uh, 
she because kids kids uh, tend to want to be around like if they're around certain people they start to gravitate to those people so uh, not being around was hard for me you know it was hard because I was like damn is she gonna know who I am is she gonna she gonna forget me and stuff like that but long as you continue to put that to, to be there in their life and call them every day and do the FaceTime and this is 2021 or 2000 it was 2015 or whatever it's 2000 it's a 2000 so there's a, there's FaceTime and all that stuff like that so you can still get that relationship with your kids even though you don't live in the same state that was prior to living uh living in Georgia now that I live in Georgia oh the great things are being uh I'm a even though it was uh, two hours away on the plane, now I'm only an hour drive away, you know, and I could do that on a Wednesday if yeah. I wanted to see my. I could don't really matter. Like I ain't got to call up no airline try to figure out what I'm going to do, and you know I can go to school meetings if I if she needs me to or whatever the situation. All of that stuff is in play, so I appreciate all the moments now. Like, for instance, tomorrow, excuse me, not tomorrow, this weekend, we're doing great adventures. You know, and me and my daughter has never done great adventures together. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get to see her on scary rides and stuff like that. We get to do that. I mean, she gets to do scary rides. I don't do scary rides. I'm a grown <laughs> 40s. And, you know, after 40, you can start to have heart attacks and stuff like that. So that I will watch her, you know, on these scary rides. With my fiance, she, they could do that stuff or she could bring a friend and all that stuff and they'll have a good time. But it's those moments, you know, as a kid, you was the kid and you was going on these rides and having a good time. And your parents was having the joy of watching you have a good time. Now I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. So I get to watch her and her friends have a good time on these rides, take them out, you know, maybe go get some food and stuff like that. Doing those things that, and you know that makes you proud. You know, you know, you just uh, just to see the just to see your kid smile. Is just uh, is just what's up. Gotcha. Which is um, I think that's real important to uh, to be able to see them enjoying whatever it is that you provided to them. Yeah, it's, it's one thing, but um, if you aren't around it and you send it or you give it, like you know they're enjoying it because it's something they wanted. But when you actually there to see them enjoy it, it's a whole nother yeah. joy. Like even, even with me, we don't live in the same house. But when I know I've sent her son, when she calls me and says, "Hey, Dad, I want this," or "Can you send me this? Can you give me this money so I can buy this?" Once I do, I know whatever she's going to do, she's going to enjoy it. But the days when she's here at the house with me and I see her enjoying something I've done, it just means. It means more. It gives you a uh, gives you that uh, bubbly feeling because you're like, yeah, look at that. Look at look at my baby smiling. Yep. So yeah, I completely understand that. That yeah. is a true statement, man. It's beautiful to see them enjoying the fruits of your labor. Like you don't even have to enjoy the fruits of your labor as long as they're enjoying it. It gives you the joy. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people miss out on. Yeah. And especially, if, and I know how me and you were up brought, uh, we used to play baseball, basketball, all kinds of stuff. We was in Boy Scouts. We was in all kinds of stuff, you know? And our parents put us in all of that, you know, for us to have a good time. So it's only right that we do the same thing for our kids. Like, my daughter's been in gymnastics, and, and she was like, the hell with gymnastics out of nowhere. And then, you know, she wound up getting into something else, and and now she's she's doing her fashion thing. So it's like, 
those things, you know, whatever's going to make her, like you said, put that smile on her face, that's fine by me. You know, it might not be the same stuff that I loved as a kid, but she's a female. You know, I was into baseball. You was into basketball, baseball and stuff like that. We was into the same thing. And there, she's into fashion and gymnastics. And all of that stuff is pretty much jumbled up into the same thing of watching your kids have a good time, figure themselves out, figure out what they love to do in life and just enjoy. Just, just like you said, watch them smile and put together stuff or do whatever the hell they want to do. You know, that, you know, there's nothing better than that. Story. Nothing better. So, um, you mentioned you have a fiance now. How, yeah. how was that introduction? How was that, how was that relationship built? If there is a relationship there between your daughter and your fiance? Shit. Uh, my daughter and my fiance, they better friends than, than me and my daughter. Too. <laughs> I, I, I had to, I had to come to that realization the other day. I was, uh, because obviously I, I don't, I'm not obviously, but I don't do, uh, like I have Instagram, but I don't do TikTok and things like that. And that's obviously the younger generation and like, like, well, not just younger generation. Anybody could be on TikTok, but, but anyway, my daughter's on TikTok having a good time doing a little dance move and my fiance, she's on TikTok. So they'll do dance moves together, having a good time, make all funny. I don't know these voices in the background of TV stuff. I don't know what the hell be going on. <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have no, no idea, idea either. It'd be, it'd be like some shit from Friday. Yes. And they'd be re- I'm like, what are y'all doing? What is going on here? Like, you know, me and my old ass. What is going on? Is this like karaoke? Why are y'all repeating the stuff from the uh, from the movie? And then they're acting the stuff out. So it's things like that. Like, they have a phenomenal relationship uh, with each other. And same thing with her mother. Like, my daughter's mother and my fiance are best friends. So it's like, awesome. you know, the whole, everybody intertwines and everybody's having a good time. There's no, there's no drama, no beef or nothing like that. Um, and every, every, anytime we all get together, it's nothing but love. That's what's up. And that's the way it should be. But we all know that that's not the way it is oftentimes. Yeah, yeah not every time. But it's good to know that that's the um, relationship and that's the situation that's going on. Yeah, man. I'm blessed. Well, that's, that's definitely a blessing. Like you said, other people are. You know, they don't have that kind of relationship with no, their... It's uh, complete they, war and chaos. Yeah, yeah. Nobody needs that stuff. We're too grown. Now, how I look at it is, if you're going through that and you're listening to this, you uh, if you're a female and or even if you're a male and you're listening to this and you have problem with the significant... Unless it's something... You know, at the end of the day, this is the kids are involved, you know? So just everybody needs to be an adult and just be like, yo, we old. I if you're over 30 years old and you haven't beef with another person because they're around your kid, you're old, man. Yo, it's over. Just be an adult. That's it. That's just what it is. <laughs> and that's what it's over that down stuff. to at this point. Yeah, man. You live on this. Yo, we live on this earth one time. You're going to spend that time being mad at another person for zero reason because they're around your kids? Come on. Now. Mm. Just- hey, man. We all know some, a lot of us have been through it and we have seen it. It's complete madness. Yeah, nah, nobody needs that shit. So, at what point are, well, your daughter's about to be 13. 13? Oh, mercy. <laughs> what, have you, is there, has there been something that you feel as though you failed at at this point? Well, not even so much failed. I'll say failed, but also, has it been something where you've 
you've started to look back and because at 13, that's about that's the um, three quarters way to adulthood. So has there been some things where you've looked back and be like, oh, man, I should have did this different. Oh, man, I shouldn't have done this this way. I should have did it this way. Uh, I mean, my, so I'm from, uh, again, I'm from uh, people that don't know, listening to the podcast, but I'm from New York. So how I feel is one thing that I would probably do a little bit different. And my daughter has been to New York a bunch of times, but I think I would have her come to New York a little, even, uh, even more. Now she's still in the growing up learning stage. Obviously she's only 12. Um, so how I've, I I thought about this recently and I said, you know what, I want her to go to New York more only because uh, I've lived in Georgia, uh, you know, I've, this time around I've been in Georgia two and a half years. Um, but there is, I'm sorry, as much as I love living in Georgia, and it's peace, I love the peace, trust me, but you when you don't live, when you don't experience other stuff, when you don't experience a place like maybe like New York or California, just like a huge city, you start to kind of like miss out on like small things. And I think we talked about that on me and your, and your podcast where we say people get complacent when you live in like a place like that. I, like if I lived here, if I lived here in Marietta my entire life, I wouldn't even know what getting pulled over felt like and that's not something to be joyous about you know what I'm saying? That's not to be like oh I wish, I wish I lived in New York so I knew how to get pulled over that, that's definitely not joyous but there's other stuff that I learned in New York uh, that I probably will never be able to learn living here in like the suburbs and I feel like I just need to have her in New York so she could be around other cultures more I mean she's been around my family but just yeah. be in that kind of environment a little bit more and I, and I would never put her in harm's way I'm not saying I would take her to the hood yeah, get out there and motherfucking show your stuff. I went nothing like that. It's just more of like just being around other, just being in that kind of environment. Yeah. Um, you're from New York. I, I, I think those people know what I'm talking about. Um, it's a different and vibe. If you're not from New York, like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but it's just, it's it's like controlled chaos in New York. Yeah. And you get, you get a different mindset when you're in that, uh, when you're in that environment. Yes. It is a different um, thing. And, like uh say two years ago. No, it hasn't even been two years, maybe like a year and a half ago. My whole family I took the whole family to New York. I was uh my mother was up there and they were doing a birthday party for her. So we took the whole family up there, me, the wife, all three of the kids. We went up there and one of those days we me, my oldest daughter Katie, my brother and um and his oldest son, we went to the city. So we get to the city, we on the train. First we get on the train and she's completely like she's looking like, Oh man, this is this is bullshit. Like she's looking like this is crazy. So I see it on her face. I'm like, You're all right? She's like, Yeah, I'm fine. So we, we get there, we get off the train into Manhattan, we in the city, we go, you know, you go up the steps, we walking down the street, and it's one of those it's one of those times of day where everybody is on the street. Yeah. And I see in her face the complete Shock, awe, and and almost like anxiety and nervousness because she's because she's born, raised in Georgia, where you know it's it's house to car to store, house Back. to car to store to school. Back, yeah. Like you might go to a mall or something, but it's nowhere near the amount of people 
just out and about walking at one time. Mm-hmm. And she looked and I saw her. So I grabbed her arm. I was like, you all right? She's like, where are all these people going? <laughs> I was like, hey, I was like, this is all day, every day. They just some going to work, some going home, some just out here walking around. She's like, so <laughs> this is all the time people are just out like this. She was like, it's too many people. Why is nobody at work? I was like, hey, this is just, this is what New York is all about. It's hustle and bustle. It's millions of people around at all times of day, morning, noon, night, midnight. There's always tons of people on the street going someplace or doing something. So I get what you're saying. Like, I would love to have her to have gone up there for maybe like six months and just, just yeah. let her just let her experience. Like I said, I'm not gonna take her to the hood. I'm not gonna take her someplace where she can get yeah. hurt. But just so she can experience what a major city, what the hustle and bustle, what the movement is like. Because you can be even down here in Atlanta. When you go downtown Atlanta, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of stuff going on, but it's nowhere near the congestion, the uh, lack of respect for personal space. <laughs> it's yeah. nothing like it is in New York. <laughs> nothing yeah. at all. That's a whole nother world, son. And I and and the crazy thing, and I, and I literally had this conversation with my daughter's mother, and I was like, it, and and I feel like, uh, I'm not saying that that's what every person needs or whatever. I just feel like since I grew up in it, since I know it, I feel like that's what made me the person I am today. Like I feel like I'm well aware of a lot of stuff that's going on. Like we had a we me and you literally had a conversation about the Acon situation, right? Where we said just I think I feel like people get relaxed when they get in certain areas and when they get like when you are doing something for so long. When if if you live in the suburbs, right? There's people that live in the suburbs that never lock their door, right? And then they get shocked the one time they get robbed. Oh, this in this area we never get robbed. Nobody's ever been robbed in this area until that one time when the motherfucker get robbed, right? I would be that one motherfucker in that area. That would always lock their door. Everybody else's shit would be open. My shit would be locked. I don't give a fuck. Twenty years, I, you know. And it's just because I grew up out. I grew in an area, not because it was fucking horrible where we lived up. Because me and Daniel, uh, me and, and me and Dan, pretty much grew around the corner. Yeah, we grew up in a good area. Yeah, exactly. So we lived in one of the one of the pretty much the almost if I if Brooklyn. If you go to Brooklyn today, it's the richest area. That's it's one of the richest area in Brooklyn. Like. Yeah, That's definitely, definitely is now with the stadium. That's what I'm saying. So it's not like we grew up in the fucking, we grew up in the hood. We we traveled to the hood. We, we visit the hood. We, we was in the hood. But it's not like we grew, literally grew up in the hood. It's just that growing up in that kind of hustle and bustle gave us the, the mindset of being who we are today. It's just being sharp on and, and uh, being a lot of street smart, being sharp on our toes and stuff, uh, seeing the world as, you know, there's, there's, different people in the world is like living in New York you you get to experience all the diversity like yeah. I live in Georgia I see uh, black people three types of people I have both three yeah. maybe four types of people I might see I might see some Spanish people and then I see white people like you don't see the kind of diversity you might see in New York I mean like I, I might go one block see a bunch of Jamaicans next block see a bunch of uh, Hasidic Jews and all of a sudden, go to the city, you might see white people or whatever. It's just, you are around so much as so, like, in the amount of time that you are in New York, even if, like you said, if you sent Katie up there for six months, she'd come back with a different mindset of the world. Mm-hmm. 
completely different mm-hmm. mindset. So do you think yeah. that's something, well, obviously you think it's something that's important for, um, for kids to experience those different um, environments, those different realms of, um, of people. Now, is this something that you would push your daughter into with per se, like if there's some type of camp or program or something going on, something that you would say, Hey, I want you to go here so you can learn about some different type of people. I want you to join this so you can get an experience that I know you won't get just in your everyday life. What I would do, uh, I don't know if I would actually just be like, this is what you're doing, fuck that shit, I don't give a damn, 14 years old, it's a rat. you're going to fucking New York. I don't think I would do it like that. But what I would do is if she said that she wanted to be part of a program, let's say she was like, because my daughter's into fashion, right? So my daughter likes making shirts and things like that. If my daughter said, can you send me to like a, a course or something like that, maybe like a, a six-week course, can you send me to like a six-week course and she would be like somewhere and she would be looking up Georgia, but I would not look up Georgia. I would look up New York. I have enough family. I mean, me and you both, we both have enough family in New York that she would, not my daughter, but, but you just, my, my daughter would be able to stay in New York. And be, and be safe. She'd be okay going be up safe. there. Yeah. Okay. I, the thing is, and also uh, people don't know, but I work from home. So even if I had to go to New York for six weeks, I could. And I would chaperone her to school or whatever the fuck she had to do. But I would want her to get that experience because I just think it's important. You know, as a person that grew up in New York um, and nobody else has to feel this way. You could somebody else could feel like I grew up in New York, too, and I moved to Georgia. And the reason I moved out of New York is I wanted to fucking get to Georgia. And that's perfectly fine. For me and how I look at the world is I think people need to be around a lot of people to experience certain things. Like when I, I and it's just really quick, I remember coming down here to Georgia about 12 years, about 13, 14 years ago, right? And I remember speaking to people and I just feel like there was, if you have never left your area, and this is not, this is not just the people in Georgia, but it's people from New York as well. If you have never left your block or if you have never left your, your state or your city and you are missing out on so much you're missing out on a lot of people and stuff like that and you start to become oh this is the way things is these are the way things are like gotcha. especially if there was no there was not even that such thing as like there was not as much phones 14 i mean there was phones and stuff like that but the internet wasn't as crazy as it is right now mm-hmm. so you start to really believe whatever happens in your in your area is what happens in the rest of the world and, and that's not the case gotcha you know so that's why i would want her to travel be outside of New York. If she said next year that she was like, I wanted to do, I wanted to do fashion, I would send her ass to New York, let her stay there for six weeks, you know, just to be around other kids her age that live in New York. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just and give her a different, different perspective on life. Yeah, yeah. And gotcha. she, and if she, she came back six weeks later and was like, that shit was trash. I don't want to do that ever again. She got the experience. But I have a strong feeling that someone goes up and sees a different, like how people live, and then they say. Oh wow! I didn't even know this stuff was going on because as a kid they don't know. They only know what you put in their face. And if you as a parent are not getting them to do to explore out of the box, then that's just what it is. They're just going to be in their box until they get to college, and then that's when they go wild. Yeah, yeah, that is that's true. They lose, they're going to lose their mind. They're going to get them. You know what's going to happen? They're going to get around a motherfucker that's from New York when they get to college. 
And that motherfucker's going to be like, yo, you, you have no idea what you're missing in the world. And this motherfucker, you know, especially like a daughter or something like that, if they don't have that experience, then all of a sudden somebody's going to take advantage when they get to college because you can't save them when they get to college. Nope. You know? So that's just how I look at it. Uh, you know, everybody looks at it a little bit different. That's just how I see it. Never put my kids in, in I would never put my kids in harm's way. I wouldn't tell them, get the Marcy in, motherfucking figure it out. Find your way home. I wouldn't do nothing like that. But I would put her in a program if she was like, she wanted to get into a program. I would send her to New York for like six weeks just so she could have the experience. Got you. So, um, so your daughter does fashion. Yes. She does her, um, her t-shirts and, uh, croc pins. She's, she's a, she's a very versatile young lady. What, what would you say to date is your, I guess say your greatest accomplishment for her or the thing that she's done that's made you the proudest? You know, what's crazy. I would actually say the t-shirts is because she's, you know how kids are. Kids would be like, I remember when my daughter said she wanted to do gymnastics. Put her in gymnastics, spent all this money. She was going, you know, two or three times a week. She was doing all the flips. Dad, look at me. I could do a flip. I'm like, all right, that's what's up. I'm getting my money's worth. I need to see these flips. And all of a sudden, you know, the next year, they're getting a little older. So they're like, you know, I'm over this. This whole gymnastics, I ain't doing no flip. Can you do a flip? Nah, I'm too old to do a flip. Like, God damn it, you're only 11. Why the hell you can't do no flip no more? So, you know, and then all of a sudden they change their mind to do other stuff. So this, this uh, T-shirt and stuff, this is one thing that I am proud of because she literally is like, I'm taking this all the way. I'm never giving this up. This is, I love it. She likes to interact with the customers. I don't even interact with the customers she does her best you know i only get involved if you know if she's like well i, I don't understand this or whatever the situation is you know her mom is there obviously uh, so that her dedication to this business is uh is extremely makes me proud i mean obviously and then she, she keeps up her schoolwork at the same time so you can't you can't be upset as, as a parent when someone is when your kid is doing the schoolwork and doing their you know pretty much business hobby I'm doing that quotation like a business hobby for right now when they're taking them both seriously and, and, and doing well in them. I got you. Well, my brother, I appreciate you uh, stopping through. Appreciate you being part of this uh, episode. Clap it up for Darnell, right? I love this, man. Hey, guy, you're doing it. a great job, man. It sounds like you, now that you have everything figured out, but you, but you're laying the groundwork you're building her up and you're pointing her in the right direction. It takes a village, but hey, as a dad, you're doing a great job. You're making it happen. <clears throat> Again, my brother, I appreciate you. We're going to sign you. off and I'm going to holler at you later, my guy. We're going to uh, jump and do our podcast probably a little bit later. But for my now, brother. man, I will holler at you, my guy. Thank me, man. I appreciate you and you continue to do the great things you do with your kids as well, man. Thank you. All right, my brother, appreciate you. All right, folks, there you go. Another episode of the Real Dads at Work podcast in the books. As you can see, it's another dad giving his perspective on life, what he wants for his child, what he envisions for his child, and how he plans on getting her there. And we're not going to always get it right. We're not experts. We're not like like I told him we haven't gotten it all figured out but we know what we want to do and we're taking the advice taking the steps taking the grooming we received from dad stepdads father figures 
And we working on it And we gonna get our kids to be productive Members of society We gonna get them to where we think we need them to be And then once they there We gonna let, let the uh, Let the collar off Let the reins loose And we gonna let them run And hopefully they'll bring back the fruits of our hard work Fruits of our labor And hopefully they'll do us proud Until next time everybody you have a good one Appreciate you listening Appreciate you subscribing Real Dads at Work Promoting dads Talking about dads We love the moms But real dads Need real love Peace